text I've chosen for the sermon this morning is the verses 3 to 5 of Genesis 1. Genesis chapter 1, and we'll begin reading at verse 1. Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And now follows the, the text. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day so far. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, it was just over 150 years ago that Charles Darwin wrote his renowned book on the origin of the species, on the origin of species. And, and in that book, he outlined then his theory of how life evolved on earth to become what it is now. And from Darwin on, many believe that everything in creation has evolved from lower to higher forms of life, and they accept that this is scientifically proven. The universe originated then with the Big Bang, and out of that came the first, in time, came the first living cell, and over millions of millions of years, all living things eventually evolved from that first living cell. And that's the generally accepted approach of the sciences today. And even among Christians, the discussion about evolution is becoming more intense all the time. There are those who want to try to combine God's creation with the theory of evolution, theistic evolution it's called. So it's especially important for us today to pay some attention to what God himself says in his word about the beginnings of everything in the first chapters of the Bible. You sometimes hear today that the, the first chapters of Genesis tell us that God created, but not how he created everything. In other words, the Spirit didn't have Genesis written for us to tell us that, every, that God created everything in six normal days. The problem, though, with that kind of interpretation of the first part of Genesis is that it doesn't take the rest of the Bible into account. I noticed that when we sang Psalm 33, it speaks there, for the Lord has spoken words of truth unbroken. Unbroken. This, this Bible is a unity. It's one fabric. And if you start pulling at one string, the whole Bible will unravel. You pull one string out. And congregation, one of the first rules for interpreting the Bible is that you compare Scripture with Scripture. 
And if you read the rest of the Bible, you see references to God's creation of everything all the way through. Think of what we read in Job 38, where the Lord God, speaking to Job, describes how he created everything in the beginning. Think of the law we heard this morning, specifically the fourth commandment, where we're commanded to remember the Sabbath day. The reason for the day of rest is given there. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and he rested the seventh day. And the Lord Jesus, in response to a question from the Pharisees about divorce, said in Mark 10, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Just a, a few examples. You realize, though, that the rest of the Bible confirms the historicity of the first chapters of Genesis. And to touch the plain truth of Genesis 1 is to unravel the truth of the whole Bible. So, congregation, we don't understand everything, but we don't need to. We simply need to accept as truth what has been revealed to us about God's creation of all things. And with that in mind, let's listen to our text in Genesis 1 with this theme. On the first day, God created light. And then we'll pay attention to three things. First of all, God created by his word. And secondly, God created light. And thirdly, God created light on the first day. So, first of all, God created by his word. The first thing God tells us in the Bible that he is the creator of everything. Creator of the whole universe. Everything we see around us has its origin in him. Nothing exists that exists has its origin in itself. God created matter, life. And the first creative act of God in the beginning was the creation of the earth. After the summary of verse 1, the Holy Spirit in verse 2 focuses our attention on the earth. Life wasn't possible on earth yet. There was no order that would allow that. The earth was without form and void. And it was covered with water, completely dark. But it wasn't going to remain like that because as it says, the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Spirit is the life giver. And you see in, the, in His presence there, on the newly created earth, that God's intent was to make the earth a home, a dwelling place for men and other creatures. And life needs light. And so God then said, as it says in verse 3, let there be light. And congregation, there was light. Light in all its scientific reality. How did God create in the beginning then? He said, let there be light, by speaking, by commanding it to be there. His word in itself is almighty enough to call into existence what did not exist before. The Lord God doesn't need to make all kinds of preparations and get all th kinds of things together. No, his word of command is enough. It brings into reality and we know from John 1 that God's Son, who later became man, was involved in that work of creation. Then, too, it says in John 1 that He was there in the beginning and that He is the Word and that all things were made through Him. 
So the whole of creation was made out of nothing simply by means of God's Word. And that's why it says in Hebrews 11, verse 3, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were not made out of things which are visible. You see in this the wondrous greatness, the, the mightiness of God. He alone existed before that from eternity. And then by his command, things came into existence, which according to the theory of evolution should have taken billions of years to evolve. But we shouldn't fall into the trap of thinking we need to be able to reason everything out. According to human reason, it's impossible that everything would come in, into existence simply by God speaking. However, the Lord is the only and almighty God. He alone has the power to say the word and so bring things that don't exist in any way at all into being. That's his glory as the prophet Jeremiah also said in Jeremiah 32, verse 17, he said there, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. And there you have the reason why it's so important to believe that God created everything simply by the word of his mouth. Nothing is too hard for this God. Nothing is impossible for him. Nothing. Not even the salvation of sinners. Your and my complete redemption through his son is not impossible for him to work out. That redemption through Jesus Christ who is the word of God is something we can't fathom or reason out either. So let's not think we need to try to figure everything out. We need to accept God's revelation of himself and then we'll also find our comfort and salvation in him. If we accept his creation of all things by the word of his mouth as he reveals to us in his word, then we'll truly be able to rejoice with the psalmist in Psalm 33 when he says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. And then we'll also be able to confess with the psalmist, behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death. You see, the one flows out of the other. If God can do that, then he can do this. Our God is glorious. He said, let there be light. And notice how, how plainly Simply, it says right after that, and there was light. There it was. Our creator shows that light doesn't need millions of light years to reach the earth and to be visible here. God commanded, and the earth was bathed in light. He brought about the first requirement for life on earth. Light in an instant, in other words, and you see God's glory in that too. It's all God's glory. It's so important that we accept that
that with respect to our hope in the Lord too, that, that glory of God, because if we believe that he created like that, simply by speaking, by bringing into existence through his word, then we'll be able to also believe he can do that in the future, on the day of the recreation of all things. On that day, we're told in the Bible that our Lord will deliver us from all the effects of sin, also our bodies. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51 and 52, the Apostle Paul writes, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. That's the voice of God. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. All that in an instant. If God can create light in an instant, He can raise our bodies in an instant. If you believe what it says in our text about how God created light, that it was there in an instant, you'll also be able to believe that He has the power to renew your body in an instant, as the Apostle Paul writes, 1 Corinthians 15. Oh, there are a lot of things we can't understand. But let's accept that. Let's accept that. Let's not think we need to be able to reason everything out about the origin of, of all things. Let's be humble. Because if we cannot accept what God's Word says plainly about the way God made everything in the beginning, then over time we'll also lose our faith in His salvation through His Word made flesh. And we'll lose our hope in the recreation of all things in the end. Let's just worship and praise God as he made himself known in his word. The creator, he spoke and there was light. And that brings us to the second thing we want to pay attention to in this sermon. God created light, light. Congregation by his word, God brought about light. He let that light shine on the earth. The earth, which had been totally in darkness, was suddenly bathed in the beauty of light on the first day of creation. You might wonder how in the world that was possible since God created the sun, moon, and stars on the fourth day. How could there be light on the earth if the light givers were not even created yet? A lot of people who try to combine evolution and God's creation say that this issue proves that Genesis 1 doesn't really tell us how God created, only that he created. This shows, they say, that Genesis 1 is figurative in its description of how things were in the beginning. After all, how could there be light on the first day without the sun? Again, brothers and sisters, it's important that we don't measure the truth of God's word by what we can comprehend. And again, we, we have to try to understand this from God's word itself, which is a unity, one fabric. Compare scripture with scripture. And if we do that, it doesn't have to be a problem for us that there was light on the earth on the first day already without sun, moon, and stars becomes a glorious reality and, it, and it, it puts a foundation under our hope if we accept God's word here. You see, it isn't so that the sun is the only source of real light. 
The real sort, source of light is God himself. He doesn't need the sun to give us light here on earth. He doesn't need it at all. He himself is the source of light. And you see that in the rest of Scripture. God himself is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. 1 John 1. And then you see that especially too when it speaks of the future, about the new earth after judgment day, the new Jerusalem. We read that, Revelation 21, 23, and 24. The Spirit says there about the new Jerusalem, the city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light, and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. Chapter 22, verse 5, it says also about the new earth, there shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. See? God can let light shine wherever and whenever he determines. Whether we can understand that scientifically or not, where that light comes from, doesn't matter. He gave light on that first day in a different way than we're used to today. And we, we see his special care for us in that. He makes sure we, that we can live here on this earth before him. He doesn't need light for himself. He's the source of it. And darkness can hide nothing from him. Psalm 139, 11 and 12, David writes... If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day to God. He can see he is the source of light. The light which the Lord God let shine on that first day was given so that there could be life here on earth as a preparation. It shone on the earth exactly according to God's plan to create a place where man could live with him. And that's why it also says in verse 4 that when the earth was bathed with, in light at the beginning, God saw the light that it was good. It was good. Good for his purpose. He was happy with his work. The light perfectly fulfilled the purpose God created it for. And again, congregation, you see here that our God is glorious, that his word is a unity, one fabric, too. Because if you, you can't accept that God created light in the beginning, that he let it shine over the earth even without the sun's rays, then you won't be able to accept that God is light in himself either. And then you won't be able to fully accept that his son is the light of the world either, as he said in the Gospel of John, the light which has overcome the darkness which has come over the world because of the fall, the light that come, overcomes the darkness of sin in our own hearts too. And that's not a, a line I draw from my, out of myself. It comes from the Bible. The Bible itself draws that line from God's creation of light in the beginning to his bringing of light into our hearts through the gospel. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6, the Spirit says... For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts 
to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So if you can't accept that God created light when he said he did, you won't be able to accept that he can bring light into your own hearts. And if you believe that God is light, capable of letting light shine out of darkness in the beginning, you will also be able to believe that he can let the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ shine in the hearts of people in your heart. And what a comfort it is to accept what Genesis says in our text. Sin is darkness. And that can have such a grip on our hearts, that darkness, our own hearts. But God, the creator of light, is able to overcome that darkness and bring light into our hearts again, too. The God who made light, commanded light to shine out of darkness in the beginning, can therefore shine the light in your heart, too, through Jesus Christ. And we come to the third part of the sermon this morning. God created light on the first day. Congregation, it says in the text that God also divided the light from the darkness. He controls light and darkness. And then he called the light day and the darkness he called night. He named day and night. It's possible that at this point he caused the earth to rotate on its axis, but that doesn't actually have to be the case yet for the Lord God could make day and night take place without that. Think of what he did in Joshua 10. When the Israelites were fighting the Amorites, and in answer to Joshua's prayer, God extended that day until the enemies were completely defended, defeated. Until they, the Israelites had overcome their enemies. He extended the day. Or think of the total darkness over Egypt. One of the plagues God brought over the Egyptians so that they and their Pharaoh would realize that they couldn't resist him. Or think of the three hours of darkness in the middle of the day when Jesus hung on the cross on Golgotha. It's God who lets night and day alternate so that one day follows another and night follows night. And he can extend that or reduce that in his power. And thus the eternal God created time in the beginning, days, so we could count days and hours. Of course, it has been suggested that the first days of the primeval world were actually long time periods, even eons. After all, it said there were no sun, moon, or stars yet, and then there's room for millions or even billions of years, and then it said you can combine faith in God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, with the slow, slow process of evolution, and then you could reconcile the findings of evolutionary science with what Genesis 1 says about God's creation. Sadly, that approach doesn't work. It touches, again, the whole fabric of Scripture, the Bible, as a unity. Think again of God's law as we heard it this morning. 
from one of the books of Moses, Exodus. We're told in the, the fourth commandment, he created the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them in six days and rested the seventh day, which is why he blessed that day and made it holy. It's clear from, from that that God established the pattern of time, of days and nights and of weeks in the beginning. And those days were not eons, but they were just normal days. And notice, congregation, that the Spirit doesn't make any distinction between the first three days of creation and the days afterward. Sun, moon, and stars weren't created yet over the, the first three days, but after each of those first three days, as well as the days that follow, it simply says, Genesis 1, so the evening and the morning were the first day, and the second day, and the third day, and the fourth day, and the fifth day, and so on. So again, the Bible is one, and we're not given any impression at all in the rest of Scripture that the days of creation were millions of years or thousands even. They were days. They were days, normal days. So the best way to interpret Genesis 1 is not to interpret it at all, but accept it as it's written, as the Spirit had Moses write it down. The first day the Lord God let light dawn on the earth. That was the first day in the history of the world and of the universe. And he then let the light become darkness. And it, so it was the first night. And so the evening and the morning was the first day. And time started to be counted. We could count time. Congregation, what a... What a majestic and glorious God we have. He accomplished in one normal day things that are incomprehensible to us, that go beyond what we can fathom. Think of Job, who questioned God's fairness when he suffered. How did, how did God answer Job? We read that in, in Job 38, verses 19 to 21, for instance. There God asked Job, where is the way to the dwelling of light? Do you know that? And the darkness, where is its place that you can take it to its territory, that you may know the paths to its home? Do you know because you were born then or because the number of your days is so great? You know, in other words, do you know where the light comes from? Can you make darkness go to its home? Were you born when they were created? Were you around that long ago? See, like Job, we can only lay our hands on our mouths. Who are we to question God's power in creation and over the light and the darkness? No, let's never question him as he has made himself known to us in his word. He's the almighty creator. And you know, if you accept him, believe in him as he made himself known in our text, as the creator of heaven and earth and of, of light and days and time, you'll also be able to trust that he who created the days and the time in the beginning is also the God who, as it says in Psalm 139, saw each of us before we were born and wrote in his book 
all the days that were ordained for us. And then you'll also be able to trust that this God was able to raise Jesus Christ from the dead after three days and three nights in the grave. And you'll also be able to hope and live for the new earth, the new Jerusalem, about which John writes, Revelation 21, its gates shall not be shut at all by day, and there shall be no night there. Congregation, the God who created the earth and the light and made the day and the night is our God. He's our God. And he has let the light of the gospel of his son shine in our hearts. And he has promised to be our loving father forever through Jesus Christ. Whoever does not believe in this God and in his son Jesus Christ as revealed in Scripture, remains in darkness, is destined for eternal darkness. But whoever loves Him, takes Him at His word, embraces His Son, no matter what people may say, will see the light of life forever. Amen.